0: Welcome to Red or Dead, a biweekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode six, and we're recording on Tuesday, August fifteenth. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincy Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincy. How are you? I'm doing
1: great. I just came back from Madison this weekend, which oh,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: yeah, I know you saw like my tweets and my Instagrams about it, but it was fantastic. And I do want to mention that I did go to a miss. Mystery. Well, they're not like only mystery bookstore, but they um, focus on mystery books. It's called Mystery to Me. It's a really great bookstore in Madison. If any of you live there or near there or visiting there, highly recommend checking it out because it was fantastic there.
0: Yes, I, I will second Rincey's recommendation. I've been there a couple times over the last couple of years, and there is, um, I think it's the woman who uh, runs the store. She's uh, she's an older woman, and she is just the nicest person. Last time I was in there, I was asking her about what, what her favorite new mysteries have been, which ones that she, that she really wanted other people to read, and... Um, and I, I think I ended up plugging the podcast for her. This is when we were still in the planning uh, phases for it, but I told her to keep a, to keep an eye out for the podcast. So if anyone happens to be in Madison, definitely, definitely check out Mystery to Me. It's a wonderful little place.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really fun because I had gone there with two friends and my two friends are not like, heavy readers like we are. I mean, they read books um, and usually they'll just read whatever I recommend to them. So while we were there, they were like, recommend us a book. So while I was going through the bookstore, I was like pulling off things and very enthusiastically describing them to my friends. And so when we were checking out the woman, who she's not the owner. She said she's just an employee there. Um, But she had just mentioned, she was like, you have to come back because you are just so much fun to watch as you're describing (laughs) these books to your friends. So now I have a reputation at that bookstore already
0: (laughs) yeah it's an awesome place and madison's a really awesome town too Um, that's that's one of our favorite little places to to kind of go away for a weekend with my boyfriend and me so um, i'm i'm so excited that you got to go up there
1: yeah it was really fun so um all right i will jump in with the first sponsor that we have for this episode All right. So the first sponsor we have is Forge Books, and they are the proud publisher of Gone to Dust by Matt Goldman. Uh, This book was praised by Lee Child as a perfect blend of light touch and dark story. Gone to Dust asks, how do you solve a murder with no usable evidence? So in this story, a woman has been found murdered in her bedroom, her body covered with dust from hundreds of emptied vacuum cleaner bags, all potential DNA evidence obscured by the calculating killer. So the book asks, is this some sort of strange case of domestic violence or something far-reaching with sinister implications. Uh, So again, that is Gone Dust by Matt Goldman, and you can buy that now wherever books are sold.
0: Yes, I've had that book. Well, I picked up an ARC at BEA, and I haven't read it yet, but Reading the synopsis made me r- reminded me why I picked it up in the first place. So, bumping that one up t- towards the top of the list <laughs> once again. <laughs> yes, once again, our our reading lists are struggling just as much as yours are. Yep. So, um, before I jump into, I've got a few quick news items that I wanted to run through before we get into the the heart of t- this week's episode. But just as a quick explanation for anyone who might be listening in for the first time. This is our bi-weekly podcast on mysteries and thrillers, which I mentioned before, but we try to take different news items that, that crop up over the, over the, the inner in between weeks. Oh my gosh, my brain just came unplugged for a minute. My apologies. But we look at news items and new books that are new mysteries and thrillers that are coming out. We might do theme book recommendations. We might talk about some some topic that's been that other people have been talking about, um, but we we try to do a, a little bit of everything for this podcast. And as always, we always reach out to anyone who's listening. If you have any suggestions for topics or themed recommendations that you would like to hear on future episodes please do let us know we uh we give our contact information towards the end of the show but if you have any feedback for us we do really appreciate it and we do appreciate all of um all of the viewers or all the listeners who have reached out to us so far so i just wanted to throw that out there before i did a quick run through of some news items that came up this week First, on the news list, uh, there was a sneak preview of Strike, which is the TV adaptation for the Cormoran Strike series written by Robert Galbraith, a.k.a. J.K. Rowling. And if you have listened to the podcast before, you know that we are both big fans of the Cormoran Strike series. So I am super excited to to finally know that this is that this is coming to that this is coming to television. It's on it's being aired on BBC1 and I'm not sure exactly what the viewing options are for those of us who are in the states. I'm assuming we'll somehow be able to to watch the show somehow, but um, a group of, a small group of people did get to have a sneak preview of the first episode. And it sounds like, and it sounds like it's going to be really excellent. So looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. I think with the way BBC works, um, unless they've already specifically announced it, which I don't think they have um, most likely it'll eventually come over either through BBC America or PBS. Um, But because I'm extremely impatient and I'm very excited about this series. There are other means of watching things, which I don't think I'm allowed to plug. But I might have to just do that because I really want to see this. Like this is probably the adaptation I'm the most excited about in terms of like crime television stuff. Uh, so if especially if people start saying that it's really good, which it sounds like so far people are saying that. Um, yeah, I might have to figure out other ways of
0: watching this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, not sure yet what the situation will be, but I am super excited to see it, to see it at any rate. And then on the darker end of the mystery spectrum, but also in film news, recently there was a trailer released from the movie Mother, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem and directed by uh, Darren Aronofsky, who also directed Black Swan which is probably one of his more well-known movies. And the trailer, it looks like a blend of mystery and horror, In and I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but it looks really, really creepy and dark and disturbing, which is, again, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that's right up my alley. So I wanted to make sure that that we put in a link to that trailer if you haven't seen it yet. The movie comes out September 15th. And, um, as far as I know, it is not, you know, it's, it's not connected to any book or anything like that, but in the world of mysteries and thrillers, you know, we got to give a shout out to the, to the, the solid, the solid movies, mystery movies as well. So this one, yeah, this one, this one looks pretty demented and disturbing. Have you seen the trailer for this one yet?
1: Yeah. I watched this one after you had mentioned it and I, that, this is one where I watched it and I was like, nope, can't do
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, my my boyfriend and I, we have already made plans to see this movie, which comes also comes out a week after it comes out in theaters. Oh. So we're going to be we're going to be we're going to be seeing a lot of movies over the next couple of months. And, and these then, are all, oh,
1: I was just going to say, and these are all movies I will 100 percent be avoiding because I cannot handle this.
0: No worries. There's no judgment here. I am the dark and demented one. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, there were um, recently Publishers Weekly announced that the film rights for a couple of lesser-known mystery titles had just been optioned, and those titles are Watch Me Disappear by Janelle Brown, which came out this year, I believe, so... Hollywood's pretty quick to snap to snap those up. And then the other book was Gangsterland by Todd Goldberg, which I believe came out last year? Or the year before? I can't remember. It's a little bit of a backlist title, but both of those uh, film rights have been optioned. So... And I just wanted to point those out as again as lesser known titles that may not have been on your radar. But if Hollywood's got them in their sights, then you can bet it's probably a pretty a pretty interesting story. So, and that's all I've got for the for the news items. Why don't you go ahead and kick off the kick off our discussion for this week?
1: Yeah. So for this week, uh, we decided that we wanted to do a little bit of a theme discussion uh, because there wasn't like any specific news item that we thought required a deep discussion. Um, So we decided to kick things off talking about cozy mysteries. Uh, This is partially because for, it seems like most of the episodes that we've talked about, we've been talking about uh, darker themed mysteries and thrillers, or at least books that fall closer to the darker side than the lighter side. And so we thought it would be kind of fun to kick things off with cozy mysteries. Um, If you aren't aware, cozy mysteries, basically are defined as like mystery stories that usually take place in some sort of like small town or focus on a specific like group of people. Um, they're usually lighter in content. They usually aren't very gory or very graphic. Um, there's very little like in terms of sex and violence. Like there might be deaths, but they aren't like super graphic. It's just like someone died in a specific way, sort of situation. And usually, uh, the cozy mysteries are themed or they can be themed Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the ones that we read um, that we want to discuss but yeah do you have a lot of experience reading cozy mysteries you obviously talk about reading deep or the dark and demented so I'm assuming (laughs) that cozy mysteries are not usually your jam
0: no they're not they're not typically my jam Um, but I have read some in the past that I that I did enjoy um, I know there was one one time I read one that was so wholesome, though, that I kind of I, I've joked around that I had that I had to read something dark and disturbing afterwards because I was just I, this it was so outside of my reading taste. I, I, my my reading tastes are not usually this pure and wholesome. <laughs> so it is outside of yeah, outside of the books that I typically pick up. But. I do I do enjoy them, not to the extent that some that some readers do. I know there are some, especially readers at the library where I work, and they just they just go through they go through cozy mysteries like they're candy, and they can you know they can read maybe a book a day if not more. They're kind of they're kind of like romance novels in in that sense, and there's plenty of them being published, so I know they're super popular. And I and I am actually very excited to talk about the one that I read, but I will let you kick off the discussion because I'm interested to hear about your book, too.
1: Yeah. OK, so the one that I ended up reading is called Monday the Rabbi Took Off by Harry Kemmelman. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, so this one I picked up completely on a whim before we even decided to do this cozy mysteries discussion. I was just on like the Kindle daily or their their monthly deals. And I was looking at which mysteries and thrillers uh, were on sale for this month. And I just happened to see this one. And I was just kind of intrigued because I don't read a lot of cozy mysteries, but the ones that I'm drawn to are the ones that are slightly more unique in their point of view. And so the idea of a cozy mystery surrounding a rabbi and surrounding a Jewish community just really appealed to me. Um, This is actually not the first book in the series, which I found out after I had read it. The first one, they all follow like days of the week sort of situation. So I think the first one is like Friday one. I don't remember what the exact title is, but it's all like Friday, the rabbi something, and then Saturday, the rabbi something. Uh, So they all follow that pattern. And so um, in this Series, you are following this rabbi named Rabbi Small, who basically always something happens and there's some sort of conflict with his congregation, and he decides that he's going to like take a break or something along those lines. Um, in Monday, the rabbi took off, he decides he wants to do a three month sabbatical in Israel, and so he basically just informs like the congregation or like the committee who's in charge of everything at the congregation um, that he wants to take a three-month sabbatical. And it's partially due to the fact that they haven't uh, officially renewed his contract yet. So he's like, okay, I'm going to just take a break then and we'll just see what happens in three months. And so he goes to Israel um, and basically a crime happens around him. Um, And I found this one to be really interesting. It isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be because the mystery itself takes a little while to get to like a significant portion of this book was just church politics or, or, and like the relationship between the rabbi and his congregation and uh, the way the committee like, views, how vit- rabbis should work. And it was just like a really interesting sort of like Jewish cultural study <laughs> in the beginning, which I was not expecting at all. But I did kind of really appreciate because I grew up Christian. I still am a Christian, but I, I'm used to like that sort of like church politics mentality and sort of seeing it play out in a Jewish congregation was really interesting to see the similarities and differences. But then eventually the mystery happens. And it was just interesting because in the in this book, at least, I don't know if it's like this in the whole series. The rabbi doesn't necessarily like solve the murder. It's more like he's adjacent to the murder and then he's part of the eventual solving of what happens, uh, which I thought was really interesting. It's a different take on What I thought cozy mysteries tend to be, which is where, you know, there's a person who ends up becoming a detective whose like main job isn't being a detective, but they end up sort of investigating a case Um, in this. The rabbi isn't necessarily investigating the case. He just happens to like know the people who are involved and then ends up eventually like being a part of the reason why it's solved, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does, and it's interesting that that you or you mentioned kind of how the the mystery takes a little while to get going, because I've I noticed that same thing with with the book that I read. Um, just to give backstory about the book that I'm talking about, the one that I read was called *March of Crime* by Jess Laurie, and this is actually. This is the newest book in the series. It comes out. Hang on, let me check my notes. It comes out next month, so it hasn't been published yet. But it's number eleven in the series, and I'm not one of those readers that needs to read a series, you know, from the beginning in order. I know some people. Some people um, are are like that. So if you are like that, do not start with March of Crime. You have ten other books to get to before this one. But if you don't mind picking up in the middle of the series, you don't have to know what's going on to get a feel for the characters and the mystery that's happening. And the premise of this series, we talked about how most, a lot of cozy mystery series have some kind of a theme, whether it's knitting or cooking or dog sitting or organic soap making or whatever it may be. The theme for this one is that the main character like clockwork almost she encounters a dead body every month and so it's kind of a rolling so march of crime talks about you know this is the body that she encounters in march and so she's a little confused about why this has been happening for almost a year now but in in this story she discovers a she discovers a body at the local diner that has been hidden inside a life-sized realistic looking human doll because there's an old woman at the local senior center who has been making these life-sized dolls and like leaving them around town as a hobby like that's what she does i don't know why
1: yeah that's really creepy
0: it's it is it's a little creepy so the the so the main character accidentally bumps into this doll and you know, and you know, thinking it's a doll, and then realizes that it's not. It's it is a it is a dead body with a mask on it. So she goes, okay, what's going on here? And the mystery itself, it it takes about, I would say about half the book for it really to start picking up and that to become the main focus. With this book, and I don't know if it's partially because you know I picked it up in the middle of the series, but there are lots of side stories and characters to be introduced to and relationship stuff that that starts getting either worked out or starts setting itself up to become more important later in the story but there's a, there's a lot of setup and a lot of non-mystery related things that are happening at the in the front half of the book and some people i know some people really enjoy this when they read cozy mysteries for me i like to i'm reading a mystery for the mystery i want to find out you know what's what's going on with that so the first part of it was a little bit slow going for me but i ended up really liking it i like the way all the storylines came together it was really funny and i know that a lot of cozy mysteries have that humor element to it but the the part in this one that i just have to talk about was well first of all the main character has her one of her close friends in town the main character is 30 and one of her close friends in town is this woman who's she's got to be like 70 or something they both work together at the local library and this woman whose name is Mrs. Burns she is just the feistiest old woman that you could ever possibly hope to be you know they they have to cover a swimming class for the for the newspaper that the main character also writes for and Mrs. Burns comes walking out of comes walking over to the pool in this tiny little string bikini and she is just owning it and she it's amazing she's hilarious she's sarcastic she's blunt she's the kind of she's really the kind of person we all hope that we can be when we get when we get to that age. So she was a delight. But one of the side one of the side threads to this story is that the mayor of this town always has these crazy business schemes going on. And one of her latest schemes that she ropes the main character and Mrs. Burns into is she's starting a Midwestern sex phone line. <laughs> and by Midwestern she means Basically, if you've seen the movie Fargo, and you know the accents that those characters have, take the Fargo accents and put it on a sex phone line. And that's her business venture.
1: My God, that I 1000% never would have guessed that (laughs) to be what was going to come out of this side storyline. But that's hilarious.
0: It was amazing. And it's basically just all the all the dirty ways that you can talk about like ice fishing and casseroles and stuff like that they turn it into something dirty while putting on these really heavy affected midwestern accents this all takes place in minnesota too so it does fit but that is the business venture that that they get into about halfway through the book and I just I was just delighted. So if I was gonna say if Fargo accents and sex and sex phone chats sound really funny and interesting to you, you'd probably want to pick up this book just for that scene alone.
1: Oh my gosh, I might have to. That sounds oh I can't even oh that's fantastic. That's just amazing. Um but yeah I think that's part of the appeal of these stories. I mean on we I think we can both say, like, n- neither of us are very well experienced in this uh, subgenre of mysteries and thrillers. But it's easy to see, like, why people love these so much. It's because these authors create such interesting characters that the mystery is almost secondary at this point. Uh, th- there are just some really fantastic characters that you get to sit with and be a part of their lives for, you know, dozens, if not to a couple dozen books um and so i completely understand what the appeal of this because the way that a lot of people feel about cozy mysteries is the way that i feel about sort of like procedural uh, television shows like i used to watch a lot of bones um and castle and things like that and the mystery of the episode was always completely secondary to me the reason why i love those shows are is because of like the main characters and just sort of seeing their lives and even like thinking about the way These cozy mysteries are set up, um, a lot of it focuses on the characters themselves as opposed to the mysteries. And that's sort of how these television shows go, too. And I'm sure like as the series progresses, people get more invested in the characters lives. And so they want more of the characters as opposed to the mysteries. So, you know, it's that interesting like balance that you see happening in these stories where Obviously, the diehard fans of these series are really reading it because of the characters and the people who are like involved in these towns and these different groups and things like that. They want to see what's going on in their lives.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And for me as a reader, my reading preferences, not in terms of like, tone or theme or anything like that but just in terms of reading I don't read a lot of series in general just because there are so many different books to read I don't I don't have the attention span or to sit through an entire series but I understand that that connection to these characters and wanting to see them change and make friends and develop and, or even, even not. I know some people will read cozy mysteries because they love the consistency and the, the escape and the feeling that in these, in these stories, ultimately justice is going to prevail because that's, you know, that's the way it works with the, with these types of books. So there is something very comforting about, about these and, while and while it's not always what I'm what I'm looking for, I definitely want to keep some more cozy mysteries on my on my radar to read every now and then when I just you know need need a little bit of an escape and need a little bit of reassurance that sometimes everything will turn out fine. Yeah, um, it's,
1: it's actually funny that you mentioned that because it, that was literally the thing I was thinking about when I was uh, picking up. Monday the rabbi took off because again I picked this up before we had decided to talk about cozy mysteries and I had been wanting to read it specifically because I knew that it was going to be a comforting read and you know there are other things happening in the world that are not so comforting right now and I could tell like my brain just was not ready for something dark um I felt like there was just like too much darkness everywhere else. And so like I had been picking up like a young adult contemporary book right before this just because I was like, I just need a sweet love story right now, like something very nice. And when it came to picking up a mystery, I was like, I need a cozy mystery because I need something that's comforting and something that like ends well with like the criminal being caught and, you know, things turning out all right in the end. So, yeah, I'm 100 percent one of those people where just every now and then you need something that's very comforting and I don't want to say predictable, but you know that it's going to turn out all right.
0: Well, use the word reassuring. Yeah, I think that I think that would be a good word for it. And before we close out this discussion, I wanted to mention two other cozy mysteries that I did not get a chance to read for this week, but I am still keeping them on my list because someone else at Book Riot recommended these these cozy mysteries to me as well when I, when I went asking what are some good ones that you've read and these two just sounded so interesting that I that I wanted to make sure I kept them on my radar and I'm going to share them all with you guys too. So there's the first one was Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett and I think that one that one either came out last month or earlier this month. I believe it's out now, but it's the story of a of a half-broke actress who's trying to, she sees a crime happening and she decides to kind of, follow the crime. She wants to see if she can maybe cash in on the reward that's been promised after, after it happens, but then unwittingly gets dragged into a murder mystery. And so she's got to figure out what's going on with that. And it involves kind of the darker side of Hollywood. And so you've got that celebrity angle that can be really, really interesting. And then the second one that was recommended, and I, I think I might have to read this one right away. It's called Murder at the Mail Review by Elizabeth Perona. And the only thing I can say about this is it's basically murder at a Chippendales club. I don't know what else you need. I That was enough to hook me, and I said, I need to read this immediately. So that one's going to stay at the top of my list. And that one also... I that one also has come out very recently. So again, those are just a couple of extra ones if you're if you're a cozy mystery fan, maybe get get these onto your list as well. Lesser-known authors, but still really in, really interesting premises. So I will I will hopefully read those soon and report back.
1: Yeah, Murder at a Chippendale's is basically like the best elevator pitch for a
0: mystery book, I think. You don't need anything else. Like, there's nothing else I need to know about this book. And I, yeah. I just went, okay, yep, I'm, I'm down with that. Let's let's do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically the perfect, uh, perfect way to hook anyone in. Um, <laughs> all right, do you want to do the second sponsor?
0: I will. So the second sponsor for this week's episode is Portrait of Vengeance by Carrie Stewart Parks. And the main character is Gwen Marcy. And she's done a good job keeping the pain of her past boxed up. But as she investigates the case of a missing child in Lapway, Idaho, details surface that are eerily similar to her childhood traumas. So obviously she's asking what's going on. No one knows more about the impact of the past than the Nez Perce people of Lapway, And Gwen is an un- unwelcome visitor to some, making her investigation more difficult. But the questions are piling up, the ans- and the answers are coming slow, and the clock is ticking for a missing girl that she's trying to find. So this book, um, I found this really interesting because the author... Carrie Stewart Parks is a forensic artist and she actually teaches FBI agents and police officers and CIA agents across the across the country on how to incorporate these new techniques into their investigations and Portrait of Vengeance is actually loosely based on four different real life cases that the author worked on and I didn't realize this but I am kind of I guess I'm kind of a sucker for for authors who have this criminal investigation background and are able to incorporate that into their stories i feel like it lends it a really interesting authenticity so again that is portrait of vengeance by carrie stewart parks and we thank them for sponsoring the show and i will be adding that one to my reading list as well
1: (laughs) as per usual all right i'm gonna do new releases so we can have some more books to add to our list Okay, so the first one is called A Stranger in the House. This is by Shari Lapina, and this already came out on August 15th, so you guys can pick this up now. If that name sounds familiar, the author's name, it's because she is the author of the best-selling novel The Couple Next Door, and this is another domestic thriller from her that just came out. In this story, uh, you are following Karen and Tom Krupp. They are a happy couple. They've got a home in upstate New York, and they are basically – newlyweds are relatively newly married and they have no kids uh, but one day tom returns home and found that his wife, Karen, has vanished. Uh, Her car is gone. It seems like she, like, left the house in a rush. She didn't even take her purse with her. She left behind her phone and her ID. Uh, And then suddenly there's a knock on the door. The police are there to take Tom to the hospital where his wife has been admitted. She had a car accident. Um, She lost control of the vehicle and she was driving through, like, a really bad part of town. And the accident has left her with a concussion and a few scrapes. Um, She's mostly okay, except that she can't really remember, like, what's going on she doesn't really remember why she had left the house in a hurry or why she was in that part of town or why even she had crashed uh, the police think that she's making all of this up that she's just pretending memory loss and they think that she was up to something and just doesn't want to say what and so eventually Karen returns home uh, with Tom and they want to move on but then she realizes that something's quite right or she feels like something's not quite right. Um, And she just starts questioning everything, especially since uh, she can't remember everything. So she's really just questioning what is really going on. Um, And she's even like questioning things about her husband. And so this is just another domestic thriller uh, from the author of The Couple Next Door. It sounds like it's going to be... You know, basically up your alley. If you enjoyed her first, her last book, you'll probably enjoy this one as well. And again, that's called A Stranger in the House, and that's already out right now.
0: Yeah, the, um, the, i was gonna say I'm a huge fan of domestic thrillers, and I I did read her her first book, um, The Couple Next Door, which was a which was a really interesting read, really interesting on audio too. Um, so yeah, this, I've had I've had this one on my on my radar since I found out she was writing a new one.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a really interesting. I'm just intrigued to see because it's one of those things where it's like there's that key component, like what happened that caused her to leave the house. You know, like finding that out will be really interesting. All right. uh, The second book that I have is Sabura by Carlo Bonini and Giancarlo de Catalato. Probably completely mispronounced that. I apologize. Um, and this is translated from Italian by Anthony Sugar. Uh, this comes out August 22nd. And so this one takes place in contemporary Italy. And you are doing, or this book is doing a deep dive into a politically and financially corrupt uh, town where there is a local crime family, the mafia, corrupt politicians, and a new rabid criminal element that are battling uh, to get control over this multi billion dollar development that is taking taking place 20 miles from the Italian capital. So the story takes place during the final days of Silvio Berlusconi's reign. And basically there is this development proposal that wants to turn this depressed coastal settlement into a gambling paradise and basically a Las Vegas on the Mediterranean. And so as this is going through like legislator, uh, there is sponsorship from politicians and uh, that is being sponsored by like crime syndicates. Um, but then this local gang basically insists on getting a bigger cut of the development than what has been agreed to. But then the mafia and obviously the politicians aren't willing to back down either. Uh, so this is basically like a compelling, provocative Story taking place in contemporary Rome. Um, It's going to, it sounds like it's going to be like a political thriller looking at the various uh, criminal factions that are taking place in Italy. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to point this one out is because this one has actually been uh, picked up to be a Netflix original series, which I did not know until I was looking this book up and then I saw that. So if you want to have the opportunity to read the book before it comes to Netflix, definitely pick up Sabura. Uh, It comes out on August 22nd. All right. And then the final book I wanted to talk about is Unraveling Oliver by Liz Nugget. This one comes out on August 22nd, and I believe that this one is a debut novel. Um, It's a psychological suspense book. It's already a number one bestseller in Ireland, and this one is described as being perfect for fans of Patricia Highsmith and Ruth Ware. Uh, This one is a chilling, elegantly crafted and psychologically astute exploration of the nature of evil. So you are following this character named Oliver Ryan, who's described as being handsome, charismatic and successful and married to uh, this woman named Alice and together they write and illustrate award willing children's book and they seem to be living this picturesque life of privilege and ease until one evening after a dinner. Uh, Oliver delivers a blow to Alice that renders her unconscious and subsequently beats her into a coma. So obviously not a picturesque life. And so I believe the story is following the aftermath of the event um, as Alice hovers between life and death and it takes it follows different points of view and you're following like the couple's friends and neighbors and acquaintances as they try to figure out uh, what could have driven Oliver to commit this horrific act and sort of as the story unfolds you get to see the life that they're leading that's filled with like shame and envy and deception and um, manipulation so again that is unraveling oliver by liz nugget and that comes out on august 22nd
0: yeah i think for for me again something that i've recently been realizing you know i love i love horror novels but i think some of the most horrifying things you can read are books that look at the the, at human nature and the nature of human evil and what drives us to do the things that we do and and whatnot. So this this is also another book I've had I've had on my on my list for a while. It sounds sounds very very intense and very interesting. Yeah, I like
1: I'm not again, as we've talked about, I'm not big on horror, but stuff like this always really intrigues me because getting into people's heads and just seeing like what makes people tick and especially like what makes people sort of do these horrific acts is always really, really interesting.
0: All right. So for um, so I was going to say, we've got our currently reading section of the podcast. Um, I'm going to raise my hand and volunteer to go first because I cannot wait to talk about the book that I just finished today. Go for it. Okay. So on a previous episode, we talked briefly about the book American Fire, Love, Arson, and Life in a Vanishing Land by Monica Hesse, and I just finished it on audio today. And I knew that this book would be interesting just from the premise. I did not realize how absolutely fascinating it would be it would be I did not expect to be as drawn into this story as I was and the it's a true crime account of a series of this huge series of arsons that were that were committed in Acomac County in Virginia which is this rural area of eastern Virginia there's there's it's an area that was hit by the you know the recent the the recent uh recess, er, the recent recession, but it's had economic issues for a while, and it's this really fascinating story of these two people, Charlie and uh, Tanya. I think I think her her name was, and they they're in their you know late thirties early forties. They formed a relationship with each other. They started dating and it's almost like a perfect storm of events that came that came together and led to the two of them committing i think 67 fires over the course of 6 months in oh, wow. in this in this county yeah it's the it was it's definitely in the 60s like the the number of fires that that they set and so the story goes back and forth between the investigation of the fires and you know right from the beginning, you know from the back of the book that they did it. So it's not, you know, don't worry, I haven't spoiled anything. So, But it alternates between the investigation of the firemen, the police, the state troopers that they bring in, like all of these outside experts, and then it's interwoven with the story of Charlie and Tanya and their lives before they met each other and what their relationship was like. And then ultimately their, um, their arrest and the trial and and the confession and stuff like that. And it is such a fascinating, compelling, just unbelievably compelling story. Like I was, I found myself like making excuses to listen to this audiobook when I didn't need to, like, you know, kind of almost getting excited to do the dishes because that meant I could listen to a few more minutes of this audiobook. The narration is excellent, but the story itself is just so, so readable and so fascinating. It's it's the story of a crime, but it's also about so much more than that. Um, so again, that's American Fire, Love, Arson, and Life in a Vanishing Land by Monica Hesse. And then I have not yet had a chance to officially dive into it, but I do have IQ by Joe Eday, I think is how you pronounce it?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Okay. Um, I've that bo- that book came out, oh, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was sitting in a stack of books I have checked out from the library and have been renewed the maximum number of times, so I've really got to get these things back. <laughs> and this this book has kind of been on my radar for a while. I know everyone was talking about it when it first came out, but it's for anyone who hasn't isn't familiar with it or hasn't heard about it yet. Um the main character who goes by the nickname of IQ, he's kind of this mysterious extremely intelligent guy living in a tough LA neighborhood and he's kind of a like a rogue crime solver in that he takes on the cases that the LAPD ignore or that they don't want to touch because it's, you know, it happens to someone in a poor neighborhood or they don't think there's enough evidence f- to make it worth their while. So he he kind of like brings brings justice to the to these crimes that the, that the police won't really care about but he also doesn't really doesn't really force he doesn't ask much in terms of payment so he does have to take on cases that do pay and in this one the main case is one that, uh, Is brought to him by this big rap star, and he's drawn into this kind of dark, gritty, seedy world of hitmen and vengeful ex wives and cutthroats, and it just sounds like a really, really interesting story but with a really, really interesting main character at its heart. And the second book in the series is actually going to come out this year in October. And that book is called Righteous. So I figure this would be as good a time as any to uh to check this one off of my reading list. So again that's IQ by Joe E Day.
1: Yeah, I read IQ a couple of months ago and I really enjoyed it. It's a really Yeah, like, I'm not obviously not going to say too much about it because you have yet to read it. But the main character is definitely one of the most interesting main characters that I feel like I've come across in this sort of like, straight ahead detective series in a while. All right. uh, So my reading has been kind of. Ify lately, I've been having a hard time getting into books lately. And so the only book that I finished in the past two weeks that's a mystery thriller book is the Monday the Rabbi took off, which I've already talked about, obviously. So I'm not going to talk about that one anymore. But I'm really excited about the book I picked up. So I'm going to basically focus on that. Um, So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I went to the mystery and me or mystery to me uh, bookstore in Madison. And I was basically just wandering around and looking to see what they had available because obviously when you go to a mystery bookstore they're going to have significantly more options than at a typical bookstore so I kind of just wanted to see what they had available and I came across this book called A Decline in Profits. This is by Sulari Gentile. Uh, This is actually the second book in a series. I haven't read the first book so again if you are one of those people who likes to read books in order um, this is not the first book but it's the one that they happen to have so I just picked it up. Um, It takes place in the 1930s in Australia. And it takes place on a luxury liner. And the series follows this character named Roland Sinclair. uh, And they decide to just take this boat ride and they're dining uh, with a suffragette, a bishop and a retired world prophet. And so I believe that this is basically like a historical mystery. It takes place again in the 1930s. And it follows like this cruise liner. Uh, I believe it starts in London and works this way through sy- to Sydney. So it's basically kind of sounds like it's going to be a potential like uh, fun historical mystery series. Um, and it's by this author who I've never heard of before. Uh, but it came like sort of recommended like they had the little uh, recommendation tag on it which is one of the reasons why I picked it up. But yeah, I'm really excited to pick this one up. And I have a feeling that this will be exactly what I need right now. Uh, I had also picked up yesterday by Felicia Yap, just because I might also be in the mood for something darker now. I'm not sure. I've been in a weird reading mood lately. So we'll see what uh, I end up picking up yesterday by Felicia Yap, I believe we talked about on a previous podcast. But in that one, um, you there is this it takes place in this world where everyone can either remember uh, either one day back or two days previous. Um, And so the people who can remember two days previously are considered like a higher class than the people who can only remember uh, one day. And then there is this couple, uh, the man is a two day remember and the woman is a one day remember. And they're seen as this sort of like perfect symbol of unity between these two classes but then this woman ends up uh found dead and it is the husband's mistress and so there are all these questions about um who did this and also like how do you ser- solve a murder mystery when everyone only has like relatively short-term memory so that one still sounded really interesting and I ended up picking it up from the library because it was available um so that one might also potentially get read with between now and the next episode. So yeah, those are the two books I have sort of on my radar right now.
0: Awesome. Yep. Again, so many books to add to my list. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we just need to like quit our jobs and read all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish that were a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, if only. All right. Um. So yeah, that's our show for this week. Thanks so much to everyone for listening and for checking us out. Hopefully you enjoyed this sort of themed Cozy Mystery Podcast. If you would like to, uh, again, give us any suggestions about future episodes, definitely feel free to contact us um, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, If you would like to check out show notes about any of the books that we have mentioned in this episode or to check out the links to uh, the trailers and the various news items we mentioned at the top of the episode, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen and there will be a link to the Red or Dead podcast and this specific episode so you can check out all of the links there um, if you've enjoyed this podcast definitely leave us a review on apple Podcasts, so that way other people can discover us and you know other people who enjoy mysteries and thrillers can check us out uh, if you want to uh, check us out on social media you can find me on twitter and instagram i am at rincey a.
0: and you can find me on twitter at kt underscore library lady
1: all right and we will see you guys in the next episode see ya